Lecture topic. Dean, the solution to all problems. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhin astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Ati'u Allah wa rasoola la'allakum turhamoon. وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ما نقصت صدقة من مال وما زاد الله عبدا بعفو إلا عزا وما تواضع أحد لله إلا رفعه الله عز وجل أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected on my ikram, brothers and elders <coughs> Insan, this human being, Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with various abilities, faculties. Allah Ta'ala has blessed insan with sight. With his eyes he sees what's going around. He observes what's happening. He sees many things and he learns from that. Allah Ta'ala blessed him with hearing. He can distinguish between different sounds. A little child that is being just growing now, not even a year old, can distinguish between the sound of the voice of the parent and somebody else. Allah Ta'ala has blessed this insan with a heart and mind with which he can think. He can learn many things, analyze, work out how things work. And with that knowledge, he invents many many things so Allah blessed insan with all these things Allah has repeatedly mentioned this in the Quran Sharif that Allah أَخْرَجَكُمْ مِن بُطُونِ أُمَّهَاتِكُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ شَيْئًا Allah says Allah brought you out from the wombs of your mothers لَا تَعْلَمُونَ شَيْئًا you knew nothing no child is born knowing anything the child is born doesn't know anything at all Allah Ta'ala says, وَجَعَلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَةَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Allah Ta'ala gave you the faculty, the ability of hearing, of sight, of seeing, and Allah blessed you with a heart. Allah Ta'ala blessed us with this heart with which we then think and understand. The heart, the mind are all linked. In this way a person now what he sees, what he hears, then he understands. And from that understanding, he does so many things. So this is one very great bounty and favor of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala blessed us with all these things to be able to make it possible for us to live life. And to be able to understand how to do things in this world. But a mu'min doesn't stop at this point. He makes shukr for all these very great bounties of Allah Ta'ala. But he doesn't stop here. Allah Ta'ala blessed every insan, every human being with all these abilities and faculties. Even the person who rejects Allah Ta'ala, even he has eyes, he has ears, he has a heart. Allah Ta'ala blessed a mu'min with something far beyond this. Person of iman, Allah blessed him with iman. So with his eyes he sees what he can see around him. 
He hears things close by, maybe a little bit of a distance. With his heart and mind, he can think somewhere far away also. But there's a limit to all this. But the Iman Allah has blessed him with, that takes him beyond all these things to the reality of what he can't see also. And that is where faith and belief comes in. That where his sight stops, Iman starts after that. Where his hearing stops, Iman is beyond that. What he can't imagine and think, Iman is what is going to give him that direction. In those things that he can't think with his own mind. Where his thinking stops, Iman starts. And that is the difference between a mu'min, person with Iman, and a person without Iman. That a person without Iman just stops at what he can see. He just stops at what he can hear. All he can see is if a person makes some effort, then he'll earn something. So now he just decides, now that's how it works. So make an effort to earn something, and you'll earn something. How to make that effort, whether it's right or wrong, whether it's in the correct manner or the incorrect way, whether it is with honesty or dishonesty, whether it is in a manner that is fair to people, or whether it's fraud, that doesn't bother him. He All he knows is that you do something, you'll earn something. So do what you can, however you can. But a mu'min, his imam tells him something beyond what he can see. That if you will earn in a certain way, then you will earn something which will become beneficial for you. It will bring barakah in it. It will bring Allah Ta'ala's rahmat in it. And if you earn it in a different way, with dishonesty, you earn it in a way that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden, person is dealing with things that are haram. So a mu'min, his imam tells him, if I go down that route, it will be disaster in dunya, because the rahmat will be out, the barakat will be gone. What I am seeing in numbers will become a bigger problem for me. And the akhirat, the hereafter, when I'm laid alone in my grave, when I have to stand on the day of Qiyamah, that will be a very great disaster then. So now what's going to tell him this? His Iman. So a mu'min doesn't just stop where his eyes can see, where his ears can listen something, and they say, well, that's how it works. He listens to what has come to him via the Qur'an and Sunnah. What Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala has given in the Quran Kareem, what Nabi Kareem Sallallahu has passed on to the Ummah, that is what he listens to first. And if that seems to be contradicting what his eyes can see, he says, I don't believe my eyes, I believe that. For example, in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, Yamhaqullahu riba wa yurbis sadaqat. Allah Ta'ala causes Interest makes interest Allah Ta'ala uproots it, completely destroys it. And sadaqah, charity, Allah Ta'ala causes it to increase. Now a person, his eyes can see something, that a person now had thousand rands, he lent it to somebody. So he lent the person thousand rands, and he told him, well, after one month you're going to have to give me eleven hundred rands, one thousand one hundred and after one month that person gave him back 1,100. That 100 is haram, that's interest. That is riba. But now he's looking, his eyes can see he gave 1,000 and he got 1,100. 
He gave 10 notes and 11 notes came back. His eyes can see an increase. But the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala is saying, Yamhaqullahu riba Allah Ta'ala destroys that riba. And it not just that that riba itself will get destroyed, that capital, whatever it got mixed into, everything will go. Now he's saying, but I can see something else. So the person who doesn't have Iman, he's saying, no, you believe what your eyes can see. But he's saying, I don't believe what my eyes can see. I believe what Allah Ta'ala has said. My Iman tells me, this is in line for destruction. But it doesn't mean that everything will happen as we see now, when suddenly one fire will come from the sky and burn it up. No, it ha Allah has His ways. And Allah forbid sometimes it destroys everything in such a way a person doesn't even realize how it happened. His whole life is in a mess, everything is in ruins, but he can't figure out where this started off from. Now he's got this reason for it and that reason for it, but the reason is somewhere else. And Allah Ta'ala says, Yurubi sadaqat. Allah Ta'ala causes sadaqat to grow. Like he's got thousand rands and he spent hundred rands in charity. He gave hundred rands to somebody in need. Somebody to help him out because the person is struggling, he's battling. Now his eyes can see from thousand, now it's nine hundred. He had ten notes, now he's got nine notes. That is what his eyes can see. But his iman can see differently. His Iman can see an increase in that. His eyes can tell him anything. But he believes in his Iman. And Allah's declaration in the Quran Sharif, sadaqat. Allah Ta'ala makes that sadaqah increase. How it will increase? He'll just see suddenly now that nine notes became twelve. No, not necessary. Allah has his Allah has got qudrat over everything. Allah will make it increase in ways he can't imagine. So now this is the primary message that we don't believe in just what our eyes can see, what our ears can hear. We believe in beyond that. We believe in what Allah Ta'ala has declared in the Quran Sharif, what Nabi Kareem Sallallahu has given us. We believe in that above everything. And if something what our eyes can see conforms to it, then well and good. Something what we hear conforms to it well and good. But otherwise we believe what we get from the Quran and Sunnah. So now we are all in this dunya and every person has some problem, some difficulty, some hardship, some challenge. Everybody is looking for a solution. Everybody is looking for a way out. So now one is to go by what our eyes can see as what can be the solution. Or try to hear what the world is saying. Try to Google things up. What's the solution to this issue and the solution to that issue? So that's one way of going about it. And that's how the whole, whole world is going about it. That they are trying to find the solutions and only what the eyes can see, what the ears can hear. So now a person has got a financial problem, person has got a social issue, person has got a domestic matter, person has got some other issue. So we are looking up in Google for all the solutions now. And we're looking at what we can hear, what can, what's something somebody can tell us in terms of dunya, what somebody can, what we can see going around. So we don't close our eyes, we don't shut our ears, we use our eyes. Allah has blessed us to use our eyes. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with hearing so that we will hear with it. But, we will start off with what the Quran and Sunnah tell us. 
And then we'll use our eyes and ears to walk within that light. And to hear what is going to benefit us in the light of that. So now what does the Quran and Sunnah tell us? Where is our solution to our problems? So now this whole Quran Sharif is hidayat is to select a few aspects from the Quran and Sunnah to teach us this fundamental lesson that we first look at what Allah has told us. That's where our Iman is. For example, every person, whether a person has little, has more, but he's still in the same concern. The concern about his livelihood, about his risk, about how he's going to live his life, what he's going to earn, what's going to happen tomorrow. Everybody's concerned that. And from morning to evening, from evening to morning, that's ongoing concern. So now this is a natural thing. And Allah Ta'ala has made this also an obligation. To earn a halal living is also a compulsion after the other faraiz. Whatever Allah has made compulsory upon us, that gets done first and then this. So now that is what we will do. We'll earn a halal living. But the means that will bring that risk, so Allah Ta'ala says, وَأْمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَاسْتَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا لَا نَسْأَلُكَ رِزْقَ You command your family members also to be very punctual with their salah. And you also be very steadfast and punctual on your salah. Allah says, نَحْنُ لَا نَسْأَلُكَ رِزْقَ Don't ever think that your salah is going to become an obstacle in earning risk. So now Zuhar Salah now, if I stop for Zuhar, so now I'll lose some customers or something else will happen. No, no, Allah says, نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكْ We give you risk. So the five daily salah are a means of drawing down risk. Now the person says, but if I'm going to perform my salah, I'm going to lose customers. So now what his eyes can see, he's believing. So Allah Ta'ala says, that we're not believing. So now we have to come on to that which Allah Ta'ala has given us in the Qur'an Chari first. That the five daily salah performed properly on time and for males, unless a person has a valid reason, the masjid is very far away, a person is sick, etc. whatever, there's some valid reason, otherwise with jama'ah in the masjid. And this becomes a means of bringing rizq with ease. Five daily salah. Person who has adopted his salah in his life properly, he will find this becomes a solution to many, many problems. Are we looking for solutions? And we're looking for solutions on Google, and we're looking for solutions on what dunya tells us, what the whole world tells us. But the solution for a mu'min is in the Quran Sharif. The solution for a mu'min is in what Nabi Karim has given us in his Mubarak Sunnah. So this is just one aspect. The aspect of salah being highlighted in the Quran Sharif. That bringing salah alive, this becomes a means of drawing down rizq. And rizq is not confined to just wealth, money, what a person earns. Everything a person needs in life is part of rizq. And every need of his is included in this. He has need of some money, he has needs, he has emotional needs, he has physical needs, 
he has social needs he needs so many things in life and above everything he has spiritual needs Allah Ta'ala is saying that bring Salah alive and Allah will make this a means of rizq rizq includes all these things so now this is one example this is just to highlight that we want the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala that mercy and nothing will happen for us nothing will work out for us nothing will become beneficial for us if the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala is not in it if the rahmat of Allah is not with it then it will become a problem what we can see to be benefit for us that will become a problem that very wealth will become a means of disaster it might ruin a person's life because what he might end up doing with it so now the overall thing all encompassing aspect which Allah Ta'ala gives in the Quran Sharif for Allah wa Rasoola la'allakum turhamoon then be obedient to Allah Ta'ala and be obedient to his messenger be obedient to Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and if this obedience comes alive la'allakum turhamoon Allah says my rahmat is with you obedience to Allah Ta'ala and his Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam obedience in what? in everything obedience in fulfilling the five daily salah for example person has that amount of wealth and the conditions are fulfilled zakah has become compulsory fulfilling the zakah the month of Ramadan is approaching so he's fasting in the month of Ramadan if hajj is compulsory on a person is fulfilling the hajj but obedience doesn't finish off here there's obedience in how a person treats others how he speaks to people وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ husna. Allah Ta'ala says speak to people in a good manner he doesn't commit any zulm and oppression on anybody so obedience to Allah Ta'ala in that he doesn't trample anybody's rights he's obedient to Allah Ta'ala in that matter obedience to Allah Ta'ala in a person's akhlaq, in his character he's not proud he's not haughty and arrogant he's rather a humble slave of Allah Ta'ala so he's obedient to Allah Ta'ala in this obedience to Allah Ta'ala just as in fulfilling what Allah Ta'ala has commanded that's obedience very very important and fundamental salah, zakah, fasting, hajj and all the other commands of Allah Ta'ala Likewise, obedience to Allah Ta'ala in staying away from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. That is part of obedience. That is what now the both aspects put together, fulfilling what Allah has commanded and staying away from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. Both these things put together brings the nur of Iman alive. Every light, even if you are not electricians, we all know about it. That the lights come on, even the fans are working, everything happens when there's two wires. If you want the light on, and a person got one thick cable also, but it's only a positive wire, no light is going to come on. It's the positive wire and the negative wire, both connected properly. Now the light will come on. So likewise, one is, for the example this is, one is the positive wire, fulfilling what Allah Ta'ala has commanded. Now we want the light on in our lives. We want the light on in our homes. We want our homes to become like a garden of Jannah. And there's peace, there's happiness, there's mutual love and understanding. 
there is that good feeling among everybody at home. We want that goodness in our life in general. We don't want to be down and out in our, within ourselves, not knowing whether what I'm doing in this world, why am I here? Allah forbid sometimes there's suicidal thoughts crossing a person's mind and all kinds of ajeeb things happening. We want to have that barakah and that rahmah from Allah wa ta'ala. We want this light to come on in our lives. And then not just in our lives here, we are going to be laid in our graves one day. That grave is a very dark place. But there's something that will bring on the light. In that grave, that's our iman. The day of Qiyamah is the place of darknesses. And on that day also we'll need light. And we'll need that light that takes us all the way to Jannah. What's going to bring that light to our lives, right here in this dunya already, that makes it a place of peace and serenity in our hearts. That light will come and both wires are in place. One is the positive wire, fulfilling what Allah has commanded, our salah, all the other commands of Allah Ta'ala. And for the sake of an example, the negative wire also. The negative wire, that a person is staying away from all the haram. He's not gambling, he's not committing zina, he's not backbiting, he's not trampling people's rights, he's not lying, not drinking, not getting involved in intoxicants, He's not committing zina of the eyes, looking at haram on his phone and whatever else. He's not getting involved in all the things Allah has forbidden. And Allah forbid, insan, human being is weak, he can slip somewhere. If he made a mistake, he then quickly makes toba, sheds tears of repentance, cries to Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, I made a mistake, please forgive me, I'm not going to do this again. When a person now lives his life in this manner, He's doing what Allah Ta'ala commanded him to do and he's staying away from what Allah Ta'ala forbade him. Now he's got both wires connected. When that both wires are connected, despite the challenges of dunya, dunya is dunya. This world is not Jannah. There are challenges. There's sickness, there's health, there's sometimes poverty, then there's prosperity, there's sometimes strength, there's weakness. There's sometimes peace, there's sometimes war. Allah Ta'ala save us from all these halat. There's all kinds of challenges that carry on in dunya. But despite the challenges of dunya, if a person has both these wires connected properly, the light will be on in his life. He won't become overwhelmed. He won't become overcome by all this. He won't feel now this, you know, I'm, Na'uzubillah, rather commit suicide. He will still be well in control within himself and his heart will be connected to Allah Ta'ala there'll still be a peace within him and he will still be in a condition that he can continue through the challenges of life without feeling that now there's no hope in anything and he has his gaze towards the akhirat that I have to work for the akhirat and Allah Ta'ala then opens a way for him so now this is how the rahmat of Allah comes and this is what will bring the Rahmah in his personal self, will bring the Rahmah in his home, bring that mercy of Allah Ta'ala in his earnings, will bring everything going in a positive manner for him. But the condition is, we don't stop by what our eyes can see, what our ears can hear. We go beyond that. We listen to our Iman. We listen to our Iman. Our Iman tells us, connect ourselves to Allah Ta'ala.
connect ourselves to the commands of Allah Ta'ala and do what Allah Ta'ala wants from us, Allah Ta'ala will open the way for us. So this is the lesson of the Quran and Sunnah that we become conscious of Allah Ta'ala. Inna rahmatullahi qareebun minal muhsineen We want this rahmah from Allah Ta'ala, we want His mercy, we want His grace. Allah says His grace is with the muhsineen. One explanation is those who have this quality of ihsan, who are conscious of Allah Ta'ala all the time. My Allah is watching. I'm not turning around to see behind me, is anybody there? Or double checking if the door is locked. Or just making sure the curtains are drawn. The heart is crying out, but Allah is watching. My eyes can see nobody around. And my ears can't hear anybody around. But the heart must cry out, but Allah knows. Allah knows the deception of the eye, what the heart conceals. I'm thinking I'm sitting alone and doing something on my phone, but Allah knows. Allah is watching. Allah is aware. I'm deceiving somebody, but Allah is aware. Something that's going haywire, Allah knows. So now that is that muhsineen, one explanation of this, apart from many others, time has passed. But this ihsan, to build this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, this requires we keep ourselves in the right environments. We become part of the efforts of deen. We sit in the ta'aleem of the masjid that's taking place. We have ta'aleem in our homes. There's some time dedicated daily for the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala. Apart from the five daily salah, there's some time for recitation of Quran Sharif. Some time to remember Allah Ta'ala. This is what builds that consciousness of Allah Ta'ala in the heart. Person now is reciting the tasbihat, Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, Wala ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar. He's making istighfar, he's reciting salawat and durood upon Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. All this is bringing nur in the heart and enlivening the heart. That heart then becomes conscious of Allah Ta'ala. Now that person's hand wants to go towards haram, Allah is, Allah is aware. He wants to press some haram buttons, but Allah is watching. He wants, legs want to walk in a haram direction, but Allah is watching, I can't do it. And he wants to think haram. He says, but Allah is aware what's going on in my heart. How can I deliberately engage my heart in this kind of filthy thoughts? Now that is where the heart now becomes alive. Where it will become alive? In the environments of deen. With the zikr of Allah wa ta'ala. In righteous company. These are the things that we have to do. Allah Ta'ala give me and all of us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil